flying solo today no adam just me unfortunately for y'all just me but got a good one got a real good one wanted to give everybody a nice look ahead to the 2024 rookie class and how it's shaping up for us uh, dynasty managers which is really important about this time of year because trade deadlines rebuilding teams time to make some decisions and a lot of people still really aren't looking at the 2024 dynasty class not really looking ahead of course, we know the big names, right? Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers. But how's the class as a whole? I mean, we're going to be talking about trading for a lot of 24 picks from contending teams, teams that are in the playoffs that are going to be on the later side. Are those picks really worth it? Spoiler alert, yes, they are. But before we get to that final conclusion, right, let me tell you why, why we're here. And first and foremost, we're going to start with the quarterbacks of this class. Everybody knows Caleb Williams and Drake May. If you don't, you kind of been sleeping under a rock. But let me tell you, both of these quarterbacks are electric. Very, very good. Caleb Williams has drawn some uh, some Patrick Mahomes comparison. He's also got a little Kyler Murray to his game. Uh, a little bit on the bigger side. But throws the ball really well. Crazy, ridiculous arm talent. Of course, lately there's been some questions raised. USC's lost some games, how he's reacted, yada, yada, yada. I'm here to tell you I don't give a shit. I don't. Uh, we do this every year with these top prospects. We, we find warts. We want to pick them apart. We want to we wanna put these kids down and uh, really just look and appreciate what this guy has done on the field. Same can be said for Drake May. Um, I'm sure people will pop up some complaints about his late-game decision-making. Sometimes he makes some throws that you go, what What were you doing? I understand that, but it's what we do. 1A, 1B, I really don't care which way you rank him. Personally, I have Drake May over Caleb, but it doesn't really matter. I would say at the end of the day, Dynasty Market is going to probably favor Caleb Williams. That's the uh, the more sexy name, makes more of the highlight, oh my god, plays, but... It'll be interesting to see what the NFL does uh, come April, end of April next year. Uh, who they take number one? Who's the uh, who's the the de facto number one? Because I really think you can make a case for Drake May, just as much as you can make a case for uh, for Caleb Williams. So I think we're probably looking at it. To be completely honest, these guys are going to go back to back, number one, number two in the draft for Superflex leagues means a whole hell of a lot. If you're in a one QB league, I apologize. Um, <laughs> poor you. <laughs> poor you. These guys are going to both be first-round dynasty startup picks. Not just first-round rookies. First-round dynasty startup picks, and you can see anywhere from them going at 5 um, all the way to the back end at 12. But dynasty first-round startup picks, 
But let's not forget about what we have for QB3 and potentially QB4 and maybe QB5. All right, it's a little early for me to be saying it, but it's really hard to differentiate between this next list of guys that are going out there. Who's really fighting for that, that QB3, uh, that QB4, that QB5? But I do think you have the potential in this class to have multiple first-round, top-15 NFL quarterbacks. Um, these are the kind of assets that you're looking at, right? Michael Penix is having a phenomenal year. Personally, that's my QB3 right now. Uh, got a little bit of a Tua to him. A little bit of a, maybe it's because of the left-handed thing, but kind of looks like Tua when he's out there playing. Uh, Tua, Tua had a little bit more arm strength because Michael Penix can make every single throw out there. Looks phenomenal. Um, I, I don't know. Like Lately, people do want to like pick apart his game and have knocked him down, but the, the big thing at the end is he's getting the dub. right? He's going out there, he's getting the win. Uh, I'm sure people will bring up the age concerns, the facts that he played at Indiana, um, didn't wow people at Indiana. Uh, there were some question marks even going into last year if he was going to be the starting quarterback at Washington after he transferred. Uh, definitely put those to bed. Uh, put him to bed. He's in the race for the Heisman, folks. <laughs> That's the kind of season that he's having. He's having a Heisman-type season. Uh, I also think Jordan Travis would have been in that conversation. Also, potentially, somebody who would be in this class. I don't know if it's a situation where the NCAA will allow him to come back next year if he has eligibility because we have this whole COVID thing, right? I didn't think some of these guys would be able to play seven years, and here we are. They, they play seven years. So, honestly, I can't even tell you, even as a college football fan, as an NFL fan, uh, who's coming back and who's staying, who's staying for sure, how many years of eligibility these guys have. Uh, it feels like we got some uh, 32-year-olds that I graduated high school with uh, still playing in college at this rate. So uh, Jordan Travis definitely in that conversation as well, having a phenomenal year. But the Heisman race, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Jordan Travis, Bo Nix, I think all those guys threw their hat into the ring. Don't really have a favorite. Um, personally, I think it should be Penix, uh, but you can make a real good case for Jaden Daniels, who right now, for me, is my QB4. Just a blend of size, speed, arm talent, ridiculous at the quarterback position, putting up video game numbers every single week, left and right, doing it in the SEC. Doing it in the SEC. <laughs> the conference that we say actually plays defense. Jaden Daniels don't care. Just goes out there and performs. He's actually really improved. Uh, if you guys go back and watch the first game of the year, and it's it's this way with a lot of college kids too. The first game of the year, hell, even NFL guys, it's it's this way. The first game of the year, a lot of jitters. Uh, you're playing big time opponents in some of these games, like LSU played Florida State. Didn't look the greatest. Uh, Florida State kind of just did what they wanted. He made some real questionable decisions, some questionable throws. Uh, he also tried to hurdle and just get smacked in the face but since then it's been all good for Jaden Daniels all good out there lighting up the scoreboard so the way the NFL is kind of switching right we're, we're getting more of these uh more of these athletes out there playing quarterback more of these guys who listen if you can throw the ball you can throw the ball but if you can add a little bit in the run game for us if we can scheme up maybe two three four plays for you where you get to use your legs uh, I, can, I can honestly say I don't think there's a better quarterback in college right now for that type of scheme, that type of system. 
as long as wherever he goes, people are going to be creative with him. Don't ask him to just go back there and be just a pocket passer. Let him use his gifts. Let him use what he's got. Uh, think kind of like Justin Fields. This guy is dynamic. Number four quarterback. And number five, for me personally, uh, I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy. I think he's got the skill set. He's got the tools. It just He always leaves you wanting just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And let me be honest here. Between quarterback three and five, you probably got five guys. Five guys that you can throw their name in the hat on potential first-round NFL quarterbacks. Uh, I would say Bo Nix is definitely in there. Jordan Travis, like I mentioned. Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, Riley Leonard, Jaden Daniels. Uh, man, don't let me be remiss either. Carson Beck, Georgia. Playing really well down the stretch. I think he could throw his name in the hat. He could also be potential QB3. Really, it's just a pick your flavor. But the big point is, we have two solid elite quarterbacks at the top. And we have a group of guys where we might get three, four, five first-round NFL quarterbacks, which would be amazing. If you're in Superflex Dynasty Leagues, you should be salivating. Anytime you get a first-round NFL quarterback for your rookie drafts, that's where you get excited. If the NFL says they're good enough to go in the first round, you should pay attention. They're going to go in the first round of your rookie draft. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that makes the rest of the class so deep. Because if you think about it, there's 12 picks. If we could get four first-round NFL quarterbacks, a third of it's already done. <laughs> a third of it you know is quarterbacks, and we haven't touched a single skill position yet. Now, the wet dream would be five. Five. Five NFL teams say, you know what? We need a first-round rookie. That's what we're going after. Oh, baby, hold me back. I would be so ecstatic if we could get five. It seems like a lofty goal, but there's potential. There's potential, and, and you've seen how bad the quarterback situation in the NFL is currently, how many guys out there have gone down with injury, superstars left and right, Zach Wilson starting games, Tyson Bagent starting games, <laughs> now Tim Boyle's going to start a game at least, Jake Browning's going to be starting a game. Hell, we had Brett Rippon started a game and then immediately got cut because he was that bad. It is rough out there for these quarterbacks. So, hey, maybe NFL teams are going to dig into the well and go, you know what? If we're going to struggle, at least we're going to struggle with a first-round rookie, a rookie that has potential, that we can develop, that we get the fifth-year option. We control the destiny if we can make them into something. I'm not saying all these guys are worthy of top 15 picks, right? I think there's probably three of them who will go in the top 15. Obviously, Caleb and Drake are going top five uh, almost no matter what. It feels like a foregone conclusion at this point, which is weird to say that we haven't even hit December, but it's setting up for that. I will say, though, probably three in the first round, uh, in the top 15 of the first round, and then we're going to be on uh, we're going to be on watch here. We're going to be on watch for one of those guys maybe in the 20s and then always, always at the back end of the first round, you're always looking out for that fifth-year option trade-up. Somebody nabs somebody at 30, 31, 32 just so they can control the uh, the destiny of that rookie. But so far, great start at the quarterback position for super flex drafts, potentially, realistically three, hopefully four, possibly five. Pay attention here. It's looking real good for us in 2024. So those late round picks, 
you need help in super flex, you're trading away some fringe running back that you're not going to really need in dynasty for what's possibly going to be the 110, 111, 112. You could walk yourself into a rookie first round quarterback next year. Now, on to the running backs. So the running backs of the 2024 class are going to be really interesting. As of right now, there definitely isn't a guy that you just project at that Bijan Robinson, even a Jameer Gibbs type that's going in the first round of the NFL draft. But let's be honest. Um, teams really shouldn't be taking running backs in the first round of the NFL draft. I think we're kind of all there, but it still hasn't stopped them over the years. NFL teams of using first-round draft capital on running backs for whatever reason right or wrong we talk about oh they'll never do it again they'll never and then all of a sudden uh, you guys remember a couple years ago Najee Harris Travis Etienne this last year Bijan Robinson I know he was labeled as a uh, generational talent so you could understand that one Jameer Gibbs was very very good and very close to him he also went in the first round very high it happens teams are gonna team <laughs> gonna do what they want to do but I can say this, there probably isn't, reasonably, a guy you would peg there. Not to say that this running back class is bad. Uh, they just really haven't distinguished themselves. Everybody's got warts. Everybody's got something wrong with them. Something that people don't like or they're a point against. Uh, once upon a time, Travion Henderson, default, 101 of running backs for this class. Injuries have slowed him down. He's had some games where he just disappears and doesn't do anything. Thankfully, the last handful of games, and we'll see how it plays out this week when he plays Michigan, big game, has kind of uh, re-emerged, re-emerged and said, hey, don't forget about me. Definitely a guy who's kind of got all those tools at the running back. The size, the speed, the ability in the pass-catching game. Definitely kind of feels like one of those day two types. And by day two, I really mean round two. Like one of those guys who goes in the... 40s or 50s of the NFL draft and we go oh yeah I remember him he was really good <laughs> he was a guy that I heard about years ago you should pay attention because if a guy goes in round two or the early part of round three all of a sudden we're looking at a running back and I mean this for running backs if they go there that are going to matter for fantasy and that are going to get pushed up rookie drafts so Travion Henderson definitely has that ability to maybe threaten to be the 105, the 106, the 107. This is going to be team and draft capital dependent, but he does still have that ability to threaten to be that high of a draft pick in your rookie drafts, which is good for us. Another guy you can throw into the mix, and this guy would be my running back one, though a lot of people don't agree with me. A lot of people don't like him, but I've loved him since the minute he stepped foot on the field, even though he goes to the University of Wisconsin, and that would be the giant tank that is Braylon Allen. <laughs> You want to talk about something that's as close to Derrick Henry without actually being Derrick Henry, that would be Braylon Allen. This year, to me personally, he's shown that he can catch the football in this new system, shown that he doesn't look like a uh, a hindrance, right? Doesn't look like a guy who's a, a liability in the passing game, which is good because it did take the Titans a long time to figure out, throw the ball to Derrick Henry and get him in open field where he's not running against defensive tackles all the time, and all of a sudden he's a freight train, a freak show. Uh, holy cow, we don't, want this, uh, <laughs> we don't want this running at us. So Braylon Allen, RB2, but there's also a couple of other running backs in this class that are very good that, that are also threatening. 
I can't give you specific rankings on these because everything is still early. Everything really hasn't sh shaken out yet. Um, the one thing I have really kind of adjusted from my past years is size and speed are still important. And I still think if you talk to a lot of analytic people, the combine matters for these guys, right? Like size and speed, your speed score is going to matter for these guys historically, but we've seen this influx of smaller running backs. These Devon A chains, these Keaton Mitchell types, these type of running backs or these type of players in general, because they're also bleeding over to the wide receiver position, have kind of shown that it really doesn't matter too much about size or speed if, if, teams are willing to use you properly and be creative in the way they get you the ball, right? Devin Singletary isn't a big guy. Devin Singletary isn't fast. I've always disliked Devin Singletary. These last few weeks in Houston, I've been dead-ass wrong on Devin Singletary. Apologies to him. He's been producing. And as long as the team's willing to give you the workload, no matter your size or your speed, I you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention at the running back position. So, not saying that any of these guys are slow, but uh, the next one on the list would be Trey Benson. Uh, definitely, we would not uh, consider him lacking in size or speed. <laughs> Another freak show of a running back. Uh, his name definitely needs to be up there as far as consideration in dynasty drafts. Potential to be that day two pick, that type that sneaks into the uh, the back end of the first round. Bucky Irving is a guy I really like out of Oregon. Uh, it's got a little Christian McCaffrey, little Deion Lewis to his game, and a little bit bigger than uh, kind of what you think, right? He's uh, he's he's approaching 200 pounds, allegedly. Uh, he looks like he probably plays about 190 on a good day and maybe 5'10"-ish. But uh, Bucky Irving does look good. I like the way he plays. I like the way he catches the ball. He has ridiculous speed, uh, in my opinion. Um it's that kind of speed too. It's not like uh, A Chan's got got ridiculous speed. A Chan's got sprinter speed. Bucky Irving to me has that that kind of speed where we like to call it quick, right? Quicker than fast, but it's still speed, right? The acceleration, the uh, the the ability to move in space and accelerate, that's still speed to me. And Bucky Irving has that in droves. I really like what I've seen from him this year out of Oregon. Uh, his his tape last year in 2022 was very good as well. Somebody that you need to check out. Um, a name that really hasn't popped me. Uh, not name. I would say actual player. The player that really hasn't popped to me, uh, but it's kind of been on the Devi radar, the, uh, the C2C radar for a while, has been Will Shipley. I think you can also throw him into the case. Uh, Devin Neal out of Kansas. You could you could throw him into the mix here of these uh, these potential rookie running backs. A lot of these guys were probably going to be talking more about like filling up your second round. Think of kind of how the way the draft went this year with uh, you know like the Kendra Millers of the world, uh, the Zach Charbonnets, those kind of running backs in your second rounds of your rookie drafts. But the thing is, I think this class is even deeper in the first round which makes these second-round picks actually guys in most classes that would be first-round rookie picks, which is really why I love 24. I really feel like 24 is everything 23 was supposed to be for us in terms of rookie class and, like, game-changing, game-setting, um, just the, the picks you actually wanted to hoard all along. 
I think we uh, we jumped the gun a little bit. 2023 was nice. 2024 so far is setting up to be amazing. Um, some other guys you can kind of throw in the the mix. Audrey Estime out of Notre Dame. Just a bowling ball. <laughs> Reminds me a lot of James Robinson. But uh, playing at a big school. <laughs> With a little bit more ballyhoo. Audrey Estime really looks nice. I really like the way he plays. I don't think he's really a threat, though, to be a, a high second-round pick. But I, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, Blake Corum is another one. Donovan Edwards, if he actually comes out, would be uh, another one to watch. Uh, a guy that I've liked for a while. Kind of has a little uh, DeAndre Swift to his game. Um, maybe it's the number, but just the way he plays. This year hasn't been the greatest for him, though. Hasn't been uh, a whole lot of wow moments. So this is kind of where the running backs are. At one point or another, a lot of these guys were boom, splashy. What we all wanted in Devi. They've all kind of faded, and then some of them have returned and bounced back. Other guys have emerged. But the point is, for this running back class, I think right now, if I were to put it, I'd probably put two guys. Um, two of these will emerge. Travion Henderson, Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson, you know, uh, Trey Benson, Braylon Allen, Trey Benson, uh, maybe Bucky Irvin. Like, pick two of those guys. They're going to get the requisite draft capital where they're going to matter and be in consideration for a first round rookie pick in 2024 probably starting in that 105 going through the back end range not bad the rest of them will all be debating on who you're taking in the second round not the worst thing to be debating either right <laughs> we like depth you know a lot of these deals that you're going to get done with these contenders while you're rebuilding or while you're trying to hoard up the uh the 24 picks you're going to be focused around first rounders as you should but don't forget about those second rounders. So far, so good on this class. Setting up to also have a very deep second round of draft of rookie picks, which is amazing for us. Don't forget about those. The 210, the 211, the 212 always kind of sound shitty on the surface. But so far, folks, they're shaping up to be really, really, really good. All right, now onto the meat of this class. What is the best part about the 2024 class, in my opinion? It's going to be the wide receivers. It's going to be the wide receivers. Now, this is kind of a catch-22 for us because we already have a great group of dynasty wide receivers. That's extremely deep. But here's the thing. You're going to be drafting guys that are going to fall into a range where they're just kind of like everybody else. But if they pop, if they do anything in their rookie year, if they say flowers... If they have a little Jordan Addison moment, right? They have this kind of ability. A lot of these guys are going to ascend to values that are way past probably where they should be. Way past where they should be. But it's perfect. Because you can go get somebody else who's not as sexy. Hasn't done as much. Maybe isn't as wow. And you can get a plus. And when I dynasty, that is the perfect way to play, in my opinion. Anytime I can trade within tiers and get basically the same kind of player, reasonably, and get a plus on top, oh yes, set you up for so much long-term success in Dynasty, whether it's best ball or lineup, whether it's a start nine or a start 13. Depth and assets, and just having all these picks just kind of laying around, all these young guys just kind of hanging out, that's how you go and you can actually make the splash moves for those super elite, those warp difference makers, those hammers, those game-changing type of people where they go, Patrick Mahomes isn't available. Yeah, well, 
How many first-round picks do I got to throw at you? How many Jordan Addison types do I got to throw at you? How many Zay Flowers types do I got to throw at you? And eventually you can throw so many at them where they go, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say no to this. So, wide receivers. I love this wide receiver class because there is so much good depth in it. There's going to be so many of these guys potentially going in the first round in the NFL draft. I think it's going to be at least four. I think reasonably, if you were to tell me, Mike, you got to put $100 down on, what's the final number? Six. Six. I think this is going to be six first-round wide receivers, and this doesn't even count the guys who are going to go early in day two that are also going to be in the mix for your rookie first round. But let's just start at the top. Marvin Harrison Jr., ho-hum, we know what he is. <laughs> Elite, amazing. Uh, we talked about it on a few shows ago, right? There's going to be people who are going to have him. Dynasty wide receiver three, dynasty wide receiver two. The minute he he's drafted to an NFL team, that's how good he is. That's how much people want to see him succeed. Is that a lofty expectation? Yes, yes. But still, that's an asset that you're going to be staring down the barrel. If you love Marvin Harrison Jr., you want to put him on your team, awesome. If you look at it and you go, man, this kind of feels like he's at the peak already, then sell. See what you can get. But the return is going to be amazing. The return is going to be amazing. But Marv, Marvelous Marv, going to be right up there. He's going to be in consideration for a lot of... 101s, 102s, 103s. Um, I think he probably should be in the 103 range after the two quarterbacks, but people do people do their own thing in Dynasty sometimes. There's going to be people who will sell you on. He needs to be the 101 even in Superflex Leagues. That's fine. I'm not going to argue it. I mean, Dynasty how you want a Dynasty at the end of the day, but Marv is going to be up there. Now, wide receiver two of this class. This is going to get overshadowed. Because Marv is so good, he has this fervor around him. He has this uh, pizzazz that everybody really wants, right? The next Justin Jefferson, the next Jamar Chase, the next coming of Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, wherever you want to put it. But the wide receiver two of this class is going to be phenomenal. Now, personally for me, that's Keon Coleman. But this is a razor-thin edge from two to five, kind of like the quarterbacks, except for... These guys are even better NFL wide receiver prospects than I think, you know, the Michael Penix and J.J. McCarthy's are as NFL quarterback prospects, just in my opinion. But Keon Coleman's right up there. Uh, the best thing I can describe him, you know, there's a lot of people out there who do a lot of scouting, and they're fantastic, and they, they do a great job. Just This is just my personal take when I watch him. Kind of reminds me of Des Bryant. Kind of reminds me of Des Bryant. That dynamic ability after the catch, the ability in space, but also at a size where you go, holy shit, this guy's big and he moves like that? Des Bryant. Now, I will say Des Bryant was 10 times their wide receiver Keon Coleman is right now at contested catches and just being a monster, right? So no shade at Des. He was elite. I think Keon Coleman, to me, is a little bit more refined in his route running. Not to say that Keon Coleman's a great route runner. He definitely needs to work on that. But the ability to separate uh, run routes a little bit more in Keon's favor, favor, in my opinion. But tied right there with him, another big-bodied receiver. Look at this. Marv big, Keon big, Roma Dunze, Washington, 
Michael Penix's favorite target. Michael Penix's number one wide receiver, even though pretty much if you play wide receiver at Washington, you're really good, and Michael Penix will find you. But Roma Dunze, another big body, probably 6'2", 6'3", when he actually officially measures in. Um, Going to be 205, 210, probably in that range. Uh, he definitely plays big, goes up, contested catch, got a little speed to him. I would say uh, the best thing about Adunze, he kind of feels like a Marvin Harrison light. <laughs> like if Marv didn't exist, we would be talking about Roma Dunze. We would be talking about Keon Coleman uh, as number one wide receivers in just about any other class. Uh, yet here we are. They kind of get overshadowed. These guys are both phenomenal. Another one to throw in the mix who's having an amazing season. Also part of the success why Jaden Daniels is looking so good and has thrown himself up into that mix outside of the fact Jaden Daniels runs like a gazelle. But throwing the ball to Malik Neighbors in consideration for wide receiver two, having an outstanding year, should be in consideration for the Heisman in my opinion too. But alas, it's going to end up being a quarterback award because that's just the way it goes. <laughs> Malik Neighbors, Neighbors is having a fantastic year. Not... In the mold of Marv, Keon Coleman, Roma Dunze, uh, not that 6'3", 6'4", you know, big-bodied receiver, but more kind of that uh, traditional, what we've become accustomed to here lately, that that 6'1", mover, that guy who can uh, break people down in a route, get the ball and work after the catch. Malik Neighbors, that dude. In consideration, don't forget about Marvin Harrison's teammate, Ameko Buka, one of the best slot guys in the class, and that's not a slight because I also do think he can play outside very, very well. He can win just about anywhere on the field. Uh, a lot of people just kind of pigeonhole him into the slot because that's where he plays quite a bit, but think kind of uh, Justin Jefferson-esque. You know, don't don't make the mistake of just pigeonholing the guy into the slot. <laughs> he can win inside or outside. He's also in consideration for that wide receiver, too. Just a little bit more far down for me. Uh, Adonai Mitchell out of Texas. Again, another giant wide receiver, 6'4". Just runs, athlete, jump ball specialist. Brian Thomas, another guy at LSU I would throw into the mix. And this is a crazy thing. Brian Thomas was a high recruit. Really didn't have a... (laughs) I think when, uh, when I was talking to Matt Bruning, maybe on the South Harmon Spotlight episode... We were talking about Marvin Harrison kind of being ranked behind some other wide receivers when he was class, and I think one of them actually was Brian Thomas. But Brian Thomas, another 6'4 monster, didn't really do a whole lot till this year, but he's having a massive breakout here in his junior year. Really like what I see from Brian Thomas. Great compliment to uh, to Malik Neighbors. I don't think he's quite in that conversation for wide receiver two of the class, um, but definitely just kind of rounding out the mix here of, of wide receivers who have real good potential for first-round draft pick. Troy Franklin out of Oregon. Uh, speed. Speed. A lot of Mike Wallace to his game. Right? A lot of Mike Wallace if Mike Wallace was, you know, maybe another inch or two taller. That's kind of what he reminds me of. Uh, another speed receiver, Xavier Worthy. Uh, highly ranked for a while. I think uh, there's definitely some question marks, especially with what we've seen from guys like Quentin Johnston this year. Uh, Xavier Worthy has a, has a catching problem. <laughs> he has a hands problem. But we'll see how the NFL still values him. 
Uh, I'm not really looking at these guys as like, hey, I'm going to build my dynasty teams around these kind of players. If you want to, by all means, uh, go for it. But I'm just looking at it from a value perspective. So the whole idea was just to look, should I be trading for 2024 picks and what does it have to offer? With the depth of this wide receiver class, the depth of the quarterbacks, this kind of hodgepodge of running backs that we're going to throw in here, the answer is unequivocally yes. But Xavier Worthy, definitely somebody to be considered in the mix. Uh, Roman Wilson out of Michigan, I'm okay on him. He just doesn't really really do too much for me. Uh, Xavier Leggett, on the other hand, that guy's a monster, just a tank. <laughs> just an absolute tank. Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina is really good. And like I mentioned before, if you play wide receiver at Washington, you are going to be in this mix because these guys do some things. Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, both guys that should be in this conversation as well. And then my personal favorite kind of sleeper as a you know, potential first round early day two wide receiver that nobody really talks about too much, Torrey Horton, Colorado State. I think this kid's got something that's a little bit special to him. So he's personally kind of one of my guys. We'll see how it goes, um, if he actually can get the draft capital to be in this mix or not. But just somebody I wanted to throw in there. We're talking probably six, seven, eight, nine wide receivers that have the potential to really impact the first round of your rookie draft, which is insane, an insane number. And all these guys are really good. All these guys are really good. And you see how the NFL just keeps throwing more and more receivers. and More and more receivers are becoming relevant, just the way schemes are, the way offenses are going even more up-tempo, spreading the ball around. This is fantastic for us dynasty managers. Fantastic if you're holding rookie picks. Now, quickly... We'll go to the tight end position. Uh, we all know Brock Bowers is is going to be talked about in that Kyle Pitts mold. Um, I don't know if I'm the one who would pull the trigger on Brock Bowers. I don't think I'm going to end up with a lot of Brock Bowers come 2024 rookie draft. Just because to go back to the tight end well that much, I just really can't do it. Dynamic after the catch, great athlete. He's going to have some size concerns because he's not the biggest um, but for some of these tight ends, it really hasn't mattered, right? Sam Laporta is not a size speed freak, uh, but still really good at football. So Brock Bowers probably going to go high in the NFL. He's probably going to go high in your rookie drafts. Me personally, I'll probably just stay away. It also seems like kind of the situation where it was a couple years ago with Kyle Pitts. Uh, everybody's fawning over Kyle Pitts. And meanwhile, you end up with being able to take a guy like Pat Fryermuth in the second round. And I think you kind of have that same situation here. Um, and that second guy for me is going to be Jatavian Sanders. Now, if you want to talk about a guy who's going to be a size speed freak, that's the dude. That's the dude. And I don't think he's going to cost you a first round rookie pick. He's probably going to cost you a mid to late second round rookie pick, even in your tight end premium leagues. So that's kind of the tight end position. So let's do a recap of the 24 class and what you're potentially looking at for depth and what you're potentially looking at for value. So I'll run th through these, right? 101, 102, you're looking at Caleb Williams, Drake May, right? So you just kind of check, check, done. 103, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I would say for a lot of people, Brock Bowers is probably going to come in at the 104. That's fair. The wide receiver two of this class, um, definitely looking at the 105 pick. I would say the QB three of this class, whoever it ends up being, especially if they're a top 15 pick, uh, 106. 105, 106, but we'll just for the sake, we'll do 106. You're also potentially looking at a QB4. 
So the 107 is going to come into play there for the QB4. Uh, the, Q, the wide receiver 2 and 3, you're looking at 108, <clears throat> kind of in that range. Uh, not too bad, not too shabby. RB1 of this class, whether it's that we talked about with Travion Henderson, Braylon Allen, etc. Like whoever that guy ends up being, uh, they're also going to end up going in this range. And then at the back end, you're looking at possibly filling out with any other QB4, QB5 if we get that. But the rest of them, wide receivers and running backs. And you're going to have a lot of these wide receivers that are going first round, top 20, right? Top 25 at worst that you're going to end up getting at the 111, the 112. Before we really even start digging into second round type guys, right? Any of these second rounders. So we're talking purely NFL first round picks all the way through 112. You have that option. And here's the crazy part. Probably the first three picks of the second round, also the same thing. We're talking five, six potentially first round NFL wide receivers. And those back end guys, those fives, those sixes, even the four, 202, 203 is not out of the realm of possibility. You throw in another couple running backs like the Braylon Allens, the Bucky Irvings, Devin Neal, <laughs> Rocket Sanders if he decides to come out, Trey Benson. The mid part of your second round is going to be loaded with running backs. And day two kind of guys, right? Second, third round running backs. Jatavian Sanders now you throw in the mix. And heaven forbid that one of these teams does like a Will Levis situation where they take a quarterback in the second round. Now in your super flex leagues at the 208, 209, 210, you're talking about a, a guy who's going to go in the top 35, 40 picks at quarterback. And you see how quickly some of these guys are ending up getting on the field and unseating the incumbent because the incumbent's so bad. Desmond Ritter can't even kill this guy. Right? Can't even keep him off the field. They put a uh, fan favorite Taylor Heineke in. He only lasts a handful of games, and now we're right back to Desmond Ritter. Now, I'm not saying I build my dynasty around Desmond Ritter, but in a lot of these leagues, if you're starting quarterback, you have value. You have value, whether that's a rookie third in the future, whether that's multiple picks, whether that's a random second, period. You do, and in best ball leagues, it becomes even more. Like These guys could potentially make your lineup, so... The first round is extremely deep. The first round is going to be chock full of guys with good NFL draft capital, with good profiles, with potentially being a first round NFL quarterback, which means the world, means the world in super flex leagues. And your second round is going to be littered with all those guys who didn't quite get the hype. We just couldn't quite wedge them in. We didn't have... 15, 16 picks to be able to do a first-round chock full. So these second-round picks all, all of a sudden become really, really good. I think the issue then becomes, like, what are these thirds worth? But we kind of talked about it. Like, third-rounders, they're shots in the dark. It is what it is. We, we talk ourselves into third-rounders as being more important than fourths or fifths. And the reality is, I think if we take away what we were talking about with Brandon Sanders a couple episodes ago... And just being more open, like seeing if we can spot some of these guys who are going to transition from college schemes to pro schemes that fit the bill, or fit a particular mold, fit a scheme, are able to produce, didn't have all the ballyhoo, guys I didn't even mention, didn't even talk about. 
that's kind of where your third and fourth and your fifth rounders are going to go. So right now I'm telling you, though, first rounder, incredibly deep. Go out and get them, right? If, if you were worried about, I don't know who's going to be there, I don't know if this is going to be any good, I'm telling you right now, I'm calling my shot. I thought this class has been good for a while. It's become even more clear that it's going to be incredibly deep as well. It's not just laden with star talent at the top, right? It's not just Caleb Williams and Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers. And then, oh, after that, it's just a hodgepodge of gross. Now, these guys after that are really, really good. They've just been overshadowed. They're being overshadowed. And I don't think dynasty managers, contenders, right, people who are solely focused on winning 2023, right, they got the tunnel vision on, they got the blinders on, I don't think they're properly valuing what these back-end firsts are going to be worth, and this means it's perfect. If you have the ability to go out and scoop these up in these next couple of weeks, do it. Do it, especially if you're out of contention yourself, right? If you're not going to write out the variance of, you know, being the fifth or sixth seed and making the playoffs and seeing what can happen, liquidate. Start selling. Start selling, man. There's no reason to hold on to Keenan Allen. There's no reason to hold on to Mike Evans. Uh, we talked about second-round picks and how deep they're going to be. There's no reason to hold on to a Kyron Williams when you're going to get somebody who's going to have even more excitement come next April, May, June, July, right? If Rocket Sanders goes at, uh, you know, pick 55 to some team that's going to use him or we think he's going to use him, as much as, like, Kyron has produced for the Rams, I can tell you right now for a matter of fact – dynasty managers your most of your league 95 percent of them 90 percent of your league 11 out of 12 10 out of 12 are going to be more interested in a guy like rocket sanders that you take with the 211 212 than they are going to be kyron williams and is he still going to have a role in la is he still going to be the guy getting the carries in la they're going to want the rocket sanders of the world more than they're going to want the kyron williams so if you're not using Kyron Williams, like if he's not a part of you sneaking in the playoffs and riding out variants, sell him. Even if it is for the 211 or the 212, do it. Take the draft pick. See what you can get out of the draft pick. Whether you keep that type of player like Rocket Sanders or you use him in part of a bigger deal to go get somebody that matters a little bit more, it's a smart play. And with this 2024 class, that's the play right now. That's the play. Go get those picks. Go get them. I can't tell you what 2025 has to hold. Right now, it's not shaping up to be the greatest. But I can tell you the known quantity of 2024, even before December hits, looks phenomenal on paper. Looks phenomenal. Go check some of these people out. Go use the tools at campus2canton.com. Check out some of the analytics stats. Use some of their plot graphs. They're amazing to look at. They're amazing to look at, but plug some of these players in and really see how they stack up versus past players at their position, how they stack up versus other classes. And I think you'll come to find that 2024 class is shaping up to be one of the best that we've seen in recent years as dynasty managers. That's all I got for you. I thank you for sitting with me. Solo episode. I banged it out. <laughs> I didn't say any terrible cuss words and get myself canceled. I hope. <laughs> We'll find out in post-editing. But I appreciate everybody tapping in. Use that promo code SOUTHHARMON. If you go over to campus2canton.com to try out some of their tools, to see some of these awesome plot graphs, to look at their, their rankings, 
Use the slider. Go over and see what the Devi rankings are just for guys who are 2024 eligible. I bet they're pretty high. <laughs> I bet they're pretty high. This is a really, really good class. I thank everybody. We'll be back here same time, same place next week. Adam should be rejoining me so you don't have to suffer through just me. But thank you if you made it this far. I'm out of here. Peace.